Welcome to the 11th edition of the Outdated Wrestling Hour. Getting so tired of hearing these young punks telling me about today is better. It's better today. A lot of this episode is about great wrestling books. I got a book right here. Uh, Let me blow the dust off it. It's called Jim Londis. He'll be great someday. Here's another one. Oh, so dusty. George Hackett-Schmidt. What a kid. Those are my favorite wrestling books. What are yours? Find some more on this episode of The Outdated Wrestling Hour. Somebody get that man a feather duster. Hey, everybody. It's Bob Smith, formerly with Pro Wrestling Illustrated and WCW Magazine and another podcast and various other magazines, entertainment magazines, you name it, I've done it. But these days, in addition to my full-time gig in media, I am the host of the Outdated Wrestling Hour. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's good. I'm great. Everything's fine. And I'm finally going to give you an announcement or two about upcoming things, as I mentioned that I would in the last couple of shows. I've got the clearance to say these things now, so I will say them. Uh, I am going to be a guest on one of the best wrestling podcasts out there, Shut Up and Wrestle from the Arcadian Vanguard Network. Of course, it's hosted by the great Brian R. Solomon, who wrote the Sheik book, Blood and Fire, which is in my mind, in my heart, the best wrestling book ever written. And it took this long in life to find it. I found it. It's a great book. If you haven't gotten it, go out and get it. It's fabulous. We're going to talk about that in a little bit too. So I'm going to be on his show and he's going to be on this show, Brian R. Solomon. You know, he's written for PWI and done so many things in wrestling. And uh, it's, it's just a joy to get to know him. He's a tremendous talent, unbelievable guy. And that's not all. I'm also going to guest on Rick Del Santo's PWZ podcast that stands for Pro Wrestle Zone. Uh, he was nice enough to reach out to me on Facebook and ask if I would appear on a show, and I gladly accepted the offer. So I'm really looking forward to these two uh, pending appearances, actually three when you think about it. So uh, I guess we're doing okay with this little uh, project of ours because we keep getting asked to do various things, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Craig Peters is going to return to this show as well. I've already asked him about it. He's agreed to do it. We just have to hammer out a date to do it, and we will have the very upbeat former pro wrestling illustrated editor-in-chief on this program once again. So talking about Brian Solomon's book to someone the other day, it reminded me of something that I've noticed at bookstores and on the charts and on Amazon. Pro wrestling books may be the most popular sports books out there. Now, why would you say that, Bob? Well, I'll tell you why. They stay in print. Classic old wrestling books stay in print. The newest wrestling books stay in print. Books about even obscure wrestlers stay in print. Baseball books go out of print in less than a year sometimes. I'm talking about books written by top athletes. You know, I won't name any names. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I have noticed that baseball books tend to have a short shelf life. Same as they go with football books. But wrestling books hang around. 
that's because the stories are eternal. And I think when someone has a favorite wrestler, they keep them close to their heart for pretty much their own lives. Everybody knows about my love for early WWF and people like Baron Mikel Cicluna. Hey, would somebody write a book about Baron Cicluna? I think that would be great. Hey, Bob, why don't you do it? Well, you know, here's why I won't do it. I have never written a book. I had an offer once to uh, be the with. <laughs> you know how it'll say this book about uh, Big Boy Jones with John Peterson? Well, th- actually, he dictates the book to Peterson, and Peterson writes and edits the book. That's usually how that works. But in any event, no, I don't think I have a book in me. People have asked me that a lot. Do you have a book? Will you write a book? You got a lot of personal experiences. The answer is no. I am a hack writer. I write short bursts of clear, good copy. Uh, I've made a career out of that. I don't think I have a book in me. I sat down and tried to write, uh, excuse me, write a humor book. I I didn't go very far. I got as far as one chapter and I just, I get brain freeze and it just doesn't work anymore. I can't write a book. I would love to be able to write a book. I don't think I have it in me, but I know a lot of other good writers that can, and we're going to discuss them now. Here's another 10 list. Now it's not a top 10. I don't think anything is greater than anything else. There's no best, but these are all really good books. And I've read all of these and I really think you should too. Here are 10 books that will make your wrestling life all the more enjoyable. So first on this list, for obvious reasons, is Blood and Fire, the unbelievable real-life story of wrestling's original Sheik. Of course, it's by Brian R. Solomon, with a foreword by the great Rob Van Dam, um, who was trained by the Sheik. I, I don't know what to say other than my fascination with the Sheik took hold late because you know wrestling used to be regional and by the 80s i had never seen the chic work you know i was an east coast guy it was still territorial then and i was a young adult so uh my first exposures to the chic came when uh pedro martinez who uh ran uh, the utica buffalo cleveland territory the nwf for all those years he decided to um when he retired, put a lot of the videotapes that he had acquired for sale on VHS. So I went and bought everything that said the Sheik on it. You know, that's, that's how I saw the Sheik for the first time. And I was a full grown adult. I'm mean, a young adult, mind you, but you know, I was an adult by the first time I saw the Sheik. So I've spent the rest of my life finding out stuff about the Sheik after it occurred. Old videotapes, the I Like to Hurt People movie, on and on it goes. So when I, when I saw this book was coming out, I said, this is one I have to get. And my timing was pretty fortuitous because I actually purchased the book about three weeks before the Wrestling Observer Newsletter uh, called this book, The Book of the Year. And it is the book of the year. Don't miss it. Gloriously detailed with a lot of things you never would have thought of or ever heard of. It details the territories. It details the Sheik himself. It details the matches, his technique, his wrestling psychology, you name it. I can't put this book down. I'm still reading. I still pick it up. It's on my bed table. And every night, you know, to kind of get myself to go to sleep after a busy day, I'll just pick out a chapter and reread it. That's how good this is. For anybody who loves territorial wrestling, blood and fire, you have to read this book. Our next book also has quite a bit about the chic in it. It's called... Drawing Heat, it's from 1988. But the year I started with Pro Wrestling Illustrated, it was a new book then. 
It's by Jim Friedman. And this book is, is, if you want a copy of the book, you have to order it from the great Crowbar Press, which you can find online easily. That's Crowbar Press for a lot of these books. It's available there exclusively in book form. It's a book about a small touring wrestling troupe, kind of an outlaw organization of its time, run by Dave the Bearman McKigney, who was also known as the Canadian Wildman, and his big bear company. And of course, that included an actual bear for a spell. You know how I feel about bears and wrestling, but this is the story of that troupe. And a lot of other great names appear in this book, like Louis Martinez and uh, just so many other great old school wrestlers, you know, came and go out of this little federation. And uh, it's fascinating. It's so real. It has the most quotes by the Sheik that you'll probably read anywhere. Actual quotes from the man, uh, you know, in private or, or said to this author, Jim Friedman, who was just a brilliant man. Don't miss Drawing Heat if you can get a copy of this. It is one of the most important books ever written about professional wrestling. Now, this next book is a personal favorite of mine. Written all the way back in 2015. I can't believe it's been this long already. It's Bill Apter and his classic book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. A funny, poignant memoir of Bill Apter's years in wrestling when he began with uh, the Stanley Weston Wrestling Magazine Company around 1971. And he is working and working hard to this day. He's working for the Sports Kita website. He's still everywhere you look. And uh, if you want to know Bill a little bit better, because he's a great guy and everybody should know him, check out this book. Um, I, I'm so glad he wrote this book. It kind of brought him back to the national forefront again after the, PW, the PWI years had waned for quite a while. But this is uh, a great, funny warm just it's bill it's bill in print form and who doesn't want that so get your copy is wrestling fixed or as he would say what i i didn't know it was broken these next couple of books are both from uh, crowbar press just go to crowbar press online you'll find them and uh, what a selection of literature about professional wrestling it's absolutely unbelievable the first one that I enjoyed particularly since I got to spend a little time with the man was the Soli Chronicles by Robert Allen with Pamela S. Allen and the great Scott Teal. Think of the thing of this. There's interviews with 65 different people who knew Gordon and worked with him. Fantastic. This was a very complicated, very learned man who just happened to fall into professional wrestling and make it his entire life. And there was never anybody better on the mic than Gordon Soli. I'm sure there are younger people here who never heard him work. Try to listen to him if you can, if you can find clips on YouTube or on the WWE network. Uh, He's all over it. He was the the, the major voice of professional wrestling for decades. Uh, Don't miss that book. It's just fascinating. And also is probably the first hit wrestling book of all time. It's called Whatever Happened to Gorgeous George by Joe Jarris. Uh another crowbar press and in it are the, probably the first book interviews or first book coverage from this book, which was written a long time ago about Bruno San Martino and he Calhoun, fabulous Moolah, the crusher, you name it. Whatever happened to gorgeous George. In fact, if you want to learn about gorgeous George, this is the book to pick up. Just fantastic. Like I said, Crow- crowbar press is just the place to go for pro wrestling books. It's just great.
Now I'm going to stop numbering things because <laughs> it's time for Mankind. It's time for Cactus Jack. It's time for Dude Love, man. It's time for Mick Foley. Mick Foley, the prolific writer at this point who has written so many books, but I point to his classics, of course. And these are available everywhere. Books are sold in both the digital and print form. Have a nice day. A Tale of Blood and Sweat Socks, which is tremendous. Foley is good. And the real world is faker than wrestling, which is just as good as that. There's also the high, Hardcore Diaries, which is a personal favorite of mine. And uh, I'm going to give him an honorable mention. Uh, the Audacious. This is an incredible idea for a project. Cactus Jack and the Beanstalk, which is a coloring comic book. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, it's too good. How creative is he? And of course, the Christmas book that he did with Jerry Lawler is also an illustrated classic and still in print. And you're going to want to go out and check out all these books. If you haven't read Mick's first few books, he, he has such an unbelievable memory. I mean, you know, when I was on John Rizzi's podcast, I, I we did a, a video Zoom call with, with Mick. And we I hadn't seen him personally in years. And I remember the last time I had seen him was at Shea Stadium where I bumped into him and his family. Yeah, you know how long Shea Stadium's been gone? Shea Stadium closed in 2008. Well, as it turns out, you know, he gets on this Zoom call with us. He goes, Bob, I haven't seen you since Shea Stadium. And I went, oh, my gosh. So considering the bumps he took and how physical he was and what an incredible lack of sense of self-preservation he seemed to have in his wrestling career, his memory is razor sharp. He remembers everything, and that's why his books are so good. Again, have a nice day. Foley is good. And the Hardcore Diaries. You, you can't go wrong with these books, and you can't go wrong with Mick Foley, who continues to tour the country doing some comedy. He's all over the WWE Network, and I can't get enough of him. He's wrestling's most unique personality, another guy who overcame the odds to become one of the biggest superstars of all time. Um, the books are probably some of the best things he's done. I mean that sincerely, particularly his debut book. So uh, if you ever read a wrestling book in a long time, try to read Mick Foley's canon, vast canon of writing. Um, he's the probably the best writer who ever was a professional wrestler. The books written by the periphery of wrestling, that is non-wrestlers, have a tendency to fascinate me quite a bit. And this one is another exception. I talked about Gordon Soley. Well, probably number 1A on the list of wrestling announcers is Jim Ross. And Jim Ross wrote a great book called Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, as told to Scott E. Williams. Another guy with a fantastic memory who continues on in wrestling to this day, thank goodness, both with AEW and his own podcast. It's great that he is still around doing it. He must have set a record by this point for longest wrestling career. I, I'm really, th I'm really serious about this. Jim's been around forever, and I'm so glad that he has been. But this book has an unreal poignancy to it um, that you wouldn't expect coming from a wrestling book. Uh, it's very heartfelt, very real. You can hear his voice as you read the words on the pages. Um, it's just a tremendous book. What a career Jim Ross has had. Um, little federations, bigger, bigger, bigger as he went along, only to end up with WWE for such a long time. And then the segue as perfectly as he has into AEW, fantastic. And you know what? His barbecue sauce is killer. 
<laughs> so another multifaceted individual with a particular gift in calling professional wrestling matches. Um, how many classic lines? I'm glad he called the book Slobber Knocker. That's one of them. Running like a scalded dog. You know, I could go down the list, but you know him. It's Jim Ross. How can you go wrong with the great Jim Ross? If you miss territorial wrestling like I do, you know, days of uh, you could watch Continental and the USWA and wrestling from Kentucky, wrestling from Cleveland, Ohio, Utica, Buffalo, wrestling from New York City, wrestling from Philadelphia. There were so many territories and they all did well, if you can imagine that. That's why I agree with Jim Cornette in that the territorial days were way more popular than today's wrestling is. The amount of people in the arenas proves it. You know, you you can't get people to go to an independent card these days if you if you gave them free tickets and a hamburger. Uh, back then, they weren't independents; they were actual territories, and they were better. Trust me, that's why they drew people. 2018's Death of the Territories by Tim Hornbaker. This is the book you want to read about the changeover from the territorial system into the national expansion into the lack of diversity and choice we have now in pro wrestling to watch on television, go to in the arenas. This talks in great detail about the WWF slash WWE expansion, the clownish mistakes made by the federations who were trying to battle them, you know, ill-fated attempts to get together and have mega cards and all the other things that never seemed to work right. Um, the desperation taken on by some federations just to try to stay alive. It, it, it And it's sad because, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. They're just getting gobbled up. They're getting the TV time taken away and so on and so forth. This book details everything. Mr. Hornbecker does a fantastic job. If you miss territorial wrestling, this is the number one source. You, you would really want to read this book. 2018's Death of the Territories. It's a must read. Go out and get it. We are going to wrap up our book section here or close the bookshelf, as it were, with a writer who is probably the most prolific in professional wrestling that I can think of. And he's a fine man. He's just a great guy. I got to meet him on John Rizzi's podcast. Um, it's Greg Oliver. He and Steven Johnson, as part of this Hall of Fame series of books, wrote uh, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, The Heels, which is my favorite of all his books. Uh, it was a classic cover of Bulldog Bra ripping the face of Carlos Colon right on the cover, a bloody cover. Yes, it's you, you don't see wrestling magazines with bloody covers anymore, but you see one on this book. And it's a detailed, fond look back at the villains and who they were in their personal lives with a mess of great photos and just great writing and uh, some information you won't get anywhere else, but that's Greg Oliver. And once again, I want, I want to send a shout out to him and slam wrestling. Still, I got to say, that's my favorite website in the world about professional wrestling. It's great. The photo section, uh, the up-to-date news, the tremendous wrestler biographies when someone passes away. Um, Greg Oliver is one of a kind. He, he's a real treasure in modern professional wrestling and uh, his books are just the tip of the iceberg. He does so much. He's so prolific. Um, he just wrote a baseball book about John Gibbons. I believe the book's called Gibby. You can learn more about that on the Rizzi podcast. Uh, There's also a Gibby show podcast that you can listen to. Um, but in any event, Greg Oliver is one of a kind, just a tremendous talent. 
an encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling and wrestling history. He's just got it all going on. And this book, if, if you haven't read any of his Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame books, they're beautiful coffee table books, just um, start with this one. It's called The Heels. It's got all the heels in it. If you can name a heel, he's in this book. Um, great photography, great writing. The type of stuff that makes you proud to be a wrestling fan because this is really good stuff. The Heels by Greg Oliver and Steven Johnson. Uh, grab it at your earliest convenience. It's been one of my favorite books for a long time. Another one that's on my bed table, along with the Sheik book and a lot of other books that when I'm feeling blue or if I just can't sleep or if I just am in the mood to calm my brain, I, I read these books and they're just fabulous. There's still nothing like reading kids. You know, when you were a kid, they said reading is fundamental and all that stuff. Keep reading. You'll find stuff through books and information you won't get anywhere else, even in this internet era. So here's to the wrestling books. Here's to the wrestling authors. Here's the wrestling. What will we do without it, right? Hey, are you in the mood for something fun to do with your family? Get together for a fun and exciting time bowling at Harold Lane's in New Hyde Park, New York. Harold Lane's brings back the nostalgic atmosphere of bowling along with its fantastic cafe and bar selections. The food is not your typical bowling alley offerings. Take it from me. That's the truth. The food is delicious. Harold Lane's also offers adult and junior leagues as well as coaching classes for the kids. The kids' birthday parties, fundraisers, and adult parties are always a huge hit. Reasonably priced and conveniently located at 465 Herricks Road in New Hyde Park, New York, Harold Lane's is open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to midnight. You need more information? Give them a call at 516-741-8022. That's 516-741-8022 for Harold Lane's in New Hyde Park, New York. Welcome back. I want to talk about something that just popped into my mind the other day. For you WWF fans, and I say that with all four letters because this was the era where this gentleman was around, and he's the great secret for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. He's never alluded to. I don't read his, his name anywhere. I'll have to go into some books and see if I can find more about him. Whatever happened to Guy Galante? Who's Guy Galante, you might ask? If you watched Worldwide Wrestling Federation, either of their syndicated programs, which is the only way they were around in the old days, through the 70s into the early 80s, the end of the show would say directed by Guy Galante. We're talking about the Fred Blassie years, the Bruno years, Pedro Morales, you know, Baron Cicluni, Johnny Rods, Peter Maivia, that whole, that whole era, Chief J. Strongbow and his various brothers and tag team partners. <laughs> but at the end of the show, directed by Guy Calante. Now, I watched wrestling TV like a hawk back in the 70s, and I also watched Roller Derby, which I believe was was taped a lot of the times in the East Coast or Philadelphia. And at the end of that show, it also said, directed by Guy Galante, G-A-L-A-N-T-E. Who is he? What happened to him? Why is he never mentioned? Shouldn't someone like that be in the WWF Hall of Fame? I don't know if he is or not, but uh, I, it's just a mystery to me. So I went on the interwe- interwebs and I looked up Guy Galante and I can't find much. I did see some things about a great TV director and producer. Doesn't mention the wrestling, but apparently he was from the Philadelphia area. 
That's all I know. So a lot of very learned wrestling experts listen to this podcast. I know because I talk to them all the time. Who was Guy Galante? And I think he is a big, important piece of why the WWF was what it was. The flavor of those two shows was unlike any other wrestling show. The camera work was great. The censoring was great. If you remember the big red X on the screen, the interviews, the whole nine yards. I'm assuming he 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 shot the interviews if he was the director of the show. Guy Galante, for anyone who knew him out there, he's a tip of the cap to Guy Galante because he was the director of the wrestling programs I grew up with. Growing up, this is pretty much what this podcast is about because it's the outdated wrestling hour. I also want to give a shout out to Jack Reynolds, okay? The first wrestling I ever got into was the Pedro Martinez Federation out of Cleveland. And the lead announcer on that show with Johnny Powers. That was the name of the show, Championship Wrestling with Johnny Powers, if you can believe it. But the announcer was Jack Reynolds. Just the classic old school meat and potatoes announcer. I don't think he had the greatest knowledge of holds or anything else like that. But you know what? He usually wore a tux. He's always amazingly coiffured. He had longish hair for his for his era. And you know what? He was really good. He eventually got hired by the WWF, if you recall, and worked for them. He was also the host for many episodes of Pro Wrestling USA, which was that merger idea in the early 80s that lasted a short amount of time, but we all rooted for, at least I know I did, and I got to see the shows in New York City. I just want to give a shout-out to Jack Reynolds, a great old-school wrestling announcer. I, I think he may be my favorite, or one of them, because you know what? You never forget your first love. And the first wrestling show I ever watched was the NWF, Cleveland, Utica, Buffalo, Albany at that point. Chief White Owl, Kurt Von Hess, Little Abner Osborne, Abdul the Butcher, Ernie Ladd, Crybaby George Cannon, the Mongols. They were all part of this show. And a lot of other people too. Johnny DeFazio was on the show for a while. Um, I'm leaving some people out. Eric the Red with his bone. I don't know why he had a bone. Why does a Viking have a bone? <laughs> you know, I don't understand some of these some of these concepts, but uh, I liked it all. That was the first show I ever remember understanding. I saw wrestling when I was a little kid, but I didn't understand it. I was about, I guess, 10 or 11 when I started to get into, uh, you know, Chief White Owl and Johnny Powers. Oh, Johnny Powers was good. He, he left us recently. Johnny Powers, to me, was the ultimate babyface because, you know, in the first show I ever watched, they told me he was. <laughs> and he was the champion at that time and had a big, long-lasting feud with Bulldog Brower. And uh, I'm rambling. But those were the days. But that's what this is about. I'm outdated. The wrestling I liked is outdated. I want to keep it alive. I'm trying to keep the spirit alive of what we all used to watch and enjoy. And that is what I'm all about, baby. Well, it's time to wrap it all up. Mosey on down the road. It's another edition in the uh, can, number 11. Our opening and closing theme on every edition of the Outdated Wrestling Hour is Boogie Party by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. We had a little background music on this particular show, and it's called Hold On a Sec by Brian Teo. Thank you, Brian. It's easy to get a hold of us, you know, and you really should. On Facebook, I'm Robert Smith. Our website is outdatedwrestlinghour.buzzsprout.com. And not site, you can listen 
to the show right there. You don't have to log into an app. You can listen to it right on our website, outdatedwrestlinghour.buzzsprout.com. We're also at every podcast app I can think of. There may be one or two smaller ones that we're not part of, but the major ones were there. Even uh, I didn't even know. If you have a Samsung phone, you don't have to download anything either. If you have a section on your phone called Samsung Free, there's a podcast section, and we're there. We're at Odyssey. We're at Spotify. We're at iTunes. Keep going. You name it, we're there. Um, You should be able to find us without even having to look all that hard, thankfully. Our Gmail, if you want to call and comment, call. You're going to call a Gmail. If you want to write and comment, God, I'm outdated. (laughs) If you want to write and comment or ask questions or anything else, or just call me fat, outdatedwrestling at gmail.com. It's outdatedwrestling at gmail.com. Twitter, I'm Bob Smith NYC. And it has been a joy putting this whole darn thing together. Go out and get yourself a book. Go on and check out some classic wrestling and video. Keep the old stuff alive, folks. Without us, the stuff will fade away. We don't want that to happen. So before I go, I'll leave you once again with some classic lines. This one is from my favorite old-time wrestling actor, Jack Reynolds. Oh, that's uncalled for.